Welcome to Welcome the Gun Show. I'm joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Eric. Hello, everybody. And tonight we're doing a special show for Christian van der Waalt. So Christian sent us a a request or a question for the Q&A show. And it's good enough and at the correct sort of timing that it's going to turn into a full show. So Christian wants to know, what advice do we have for people shooting their first nationals? Um, he says he's, he's pretty new to the game. He's only shot three level two matches, thanks COVID. And he's not quite sure what to expect of a level or of a match at a higher level than a level two. So Christian, this one's for you. I think the first thing and probably the most important thing for, for someone like Christian shooting their first nationals or most of the shooters going to this match. It's just a match. All it is is another IPSC match. Uh, don't build it up in your head. Don't get, you know, super concerned about I'm shooting nationals. Uh, there are there are some, some slightly different physical constraints with a two-day match, which we'll discuss in a bit more detail later. But the most important advice, I think, you know, that the, the, the TLDR version of the show is it's just another match. Um, so don't go through there having built it up as, as to, to anything else. Because I see a lot of guys at their first nationals acting like it's their first match um, and, and just not coming anywhere close to their, 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 their real potential because, oh, fuck, I'm shooting nationals. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, the, the differences in nationals that you really need to be aware of is longer match days um, and the fact that you're going to be shooting over multiple days that, that guys who've only shot level twos are probably not used to or have not been exposed to. Um, there is some administrative differences in things like you're going to get chronographed, your equipment is going to be checked, but beyond that, you're shooting IPSC stages like you would Hopefully at a club match, if your club is hosting relatively good good matches um, and the same sort of thing that you're seeing at leagues. Uh, more stages, but it's the same. As Derek said, you should be treating all matches the same anyway. That's the only way you're going to get consistent performance through multiple sort of types of matches. Yeah, and, and with it being the same match, or it's going to be the same as when you shoot another match, the thing to keep in mind is that you're going to shoot the same. The stages are, are all going to be relatively similar to what you expect to see at club and league level matches that are hosting their matches according to the IPSC rulebook. So there's nothing to be afraid of there. Like Cornyn T said, there's a couple of different administrative things and some differences, two days, et cetera, et cetera. The shooting is still the same. And if you treat it the same, your performance will be what you expect it to be. Exactly. So I have a little list on the side here. You've got a bit on the side? Ooh. Don't tell Lauren. Um, moving along. Swiftly. Are you talking about <laughs> me might, again? She might listen to this. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about gas. Lauren, I'm talking about gas. There we go. I can get away with that. Lauren, I'd, I'd be worried. I'd be more worried about that than a girl. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Loud part. It's quiet, fine. Loud <laughs> So it's it's a super short list. It just says equipment, training, and mental game. Um, and I guess it should say something about physical stuff there too. 
So, guys, we're when this show drops, we'll be two weeks away from nationals. Yeah. Um, what should guys have done? And if they haven't, what should they get onto immediately in terms of equipment? So things like ammo, belts, shoes, okay, so the, clothes, the, et cetera, et cetera. So et cetera. one of the, the key elements to air nationals or any match is how prepared you can be before that match. And you need to cater for everything, including anything that, like super hot weather, maybe it's rainy, might even be cold. You know, we have big temperature variants. Um, if it's raining and wet, do you have spare shoes? Do you have another pair of shoes that you can put on? Do you maybe have another shirt, maybe a pair of shorts, etc. jerseys, raincoats? Um, do you have something to cover your gun while it's in the rig when it's raining? You know, so there's all of those things to consider. Um, but when we're looking at it entirely, so if we're two weeks out, the primary things that we want to have prepared is our rig holster setup. We want to make sure that that's functioning and reliable and that it meets your division's rule set as according to where it may be placed on your hips, how far away from your body, et cetera, et cetera. want to make sure all of that is sorted out if it isn't sorted out at the moment. Um, and then second to that, you want to make sure that you've got a fully functioning, reliable and trustworthy gun with magazines and you want to be in the final stages of preparing your ammunition for that match. It's cutting it uh, two weeks out is still acceptable to be getting into the final stages of that ammo. You want to make sure that ammo is reliable. It's functional. It's case gauged. It's marked if you mark your ammo and that you're going to make the appropriate power factor for your division and, and your declared power factor. So those would be things as far as equipment goes that I would be looking at closely, making sure that I'm prepared. Uh, in terms of hydration, snacks, etc., I'll start working on all of those things as well so that I cater for just about any environmental circumstance I might face at that match. Cool stuff. We shall, we'll get into the hydration and, and sort of more physical stuff in a moment. T, equipment? Uh, I'm going to – I think Gaz has given us quite a good list. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to expand on, on, on a few of the things just, just for, for, for the newer shooters. Um, we see a fair, fair amount of guys at, at club shoots and, and even at leagues who are using gear that's not exactly legal. Um, mag pouches might be a little bit far forward. Holsters might be a little bit far forward. Uh, stuff might be a little bit far away from the body, little things like that. Um, at a nationals, at a level three, you can expect that stuff to be checked more carefully than, than you're used to. We also see guys shooting you know, guns in divisions where they're not exactly legal for that division, um, you know, or, or, or gear that's not exactly legal. So you need to make sure if you're shooting standard that your gun fit, fits the box. If you're shooting uh, prod or, or, or PO, that your trigger pull is in, is in line, that, that sort of thing. Every nationals at equipment check, we see a whole lot of open shooters trying to scrape magazines against walls trying to get them to fit the, the, the magazine gauge. Um, and this nationals, be advised, it's not like most nationals where you go for equipment checks the day before. This one, equipment checks in the morning. So your your, your time to, to change any of that is going to be limited. And it's also unnecessary stress when you should be getting ready for the match. So I would, I'd make sure that all of that stuff is ready now. Make sure that all the bolts on your rig are tight. Um, you know they they can come a little they can come loose with time and holster angles change and that that's just cuck you don't need. Um, 
I would suggest, uh, you know, as Gaz said, make sure your ammo is chronoed. Mark your brass because um, in a lot of squads, you're going to lose a lot of brass anyway. And if it's unmarked, you're going to lose even more. Um, so I would make sure that your mark, brass is marked. And I'll give you a quick hint. There's almost definitely someone in your squad with a blue line, a red line, and a black line. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. Uh, make sure that your ammo makes factor. Um, and, and what I suggest is if you're shooting minor, the power factor is 125. If you chrono ammo, your ammo at 126.1, um, I would not go to a match with, with, with ammo like that. Um, I would, I would try and aim for at least 130 if you, if you need 125 and at least 175 if you need 170. Um, and to be honest, I'd, I'd rather have a little bit of a margin over that as well. So double check that. Weigh your bullets. Um, you don't have to weigh every one, but if you know, you could be in a situation where you think you're shooting 124s and you're actually shooting 120s, and they if they decide to pull a bullet and, and work the power factor on that, that can hurt you. Um, by the same token, if you if you you've bought and this happens quite often, you've bought nominal 147 grain bullets and your bullets actually weigh 150 grains. Well, that, that can give you a little bit of a, a safety margin on velocity as well. So it's always nice going to the chrono stage and not having to worry that is my ammo going to make factor. So I'd be careful about that. Um, I would make sure this is a, a personal thing for me. I don't trust clean guns, so I will not be arriving at nationals on Saturday morning with a clean gun. What I'll do is I'll clean it sometime next week. Um, I'll lube it, I'll, and then I'll shoot at least 100 or 200 rounds through it uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm happy with it. If you make any changes to your gear, it really is too late to do it. But if you absolutely have to do it, you need to do it sooner rather than later, and you need to dry fire all of that. You don't want to be going, oh, my mag release is different or my holster angle is different or I've bought myself a new mag pouch that's now bullets out and I've shot it once before. Uh, now is now is not the time to be trying to, and, and we'll, we'll revisit this with the skill stuff as well, but now is not the time to be trying to find improvements in gear. Now is the time to make sure that you understand the gear that you have. You don't have enough time to make it any better. So don't put that new trigger kit in your gun. Um, try not change your sights. <laughs> uh, what I would though, say, though, is if possible, have some spares in that range bag as well. You know, uh, look at your gun and look at the bits. You know, if you're shooting a CZ, you probably want to have at least a trigger spring in there, um, you know, and ideally a, a slide stop as well, but at least a trigger spring, um, you know, whatever your gun may require, you know, if you're shooting a 911, you probably want to have another fitted extractor. Uh, it, you're unlikely to need it. You know, it's, it's 300 rounds. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a training session. Uh, but if something's going to break, it's generally more likely to break at nationals than at a training session. That's just, that's just one of the rules of it. So I think that the big message with equipment is don't fuck around with it. Try and get everything tamped down and set as much as possible now so that you, you're, you're ready for next week. So if we look at it from this side as well, just a quick point. 
a lot of the nationals boils down to preparation, what you have, what you're prepared for, um, and what you can handle. And most of it boils down to um, rather having it and not needing it than needing it and not having it. Exactly. And boys and girls, remember the 7P principle. Proper preparation and planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> Fact. So I have a couple of other things to to add to that list. Um, it's 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 in addition to everything Gaz said, in addition to everything that T said. Um, make sure your gun is zeroed, and make sure your gun is zeroed to the ammo that you're actually going to be shooting in this match. Which means you load more ammo than you need for the match, and you go and shoot that ammo, and you zero your gun to that ammo before you go to the match. Okay, make make sure that's done. Make sure that if your, your, your sights are adjustable, that they're not going to move. Put a little mark on them with the painter's uh, marker. Uh, that you get a white painter's marker from, from like builders. Put a little mark on them so you can see if the sights do move. It's just a little sanity check for yourself. And that goes for both adjustable irons and obviously red dots. Um, make sure that you have sufficient ammo to complete the match. Um, what I mean by that is at matches like nationals, you're more likely to see some sort of activation and some sort of moving target. Um, they don't always fail, but because there's going to be more of these sorts of things than you typically see in, in, in club matches, the chances of needing to reshoot a stage or two is greater. Might not happen at all, but be sure that you take sufficient ammo that if that happens, you're not going to get into trouble on day two of the match or something. Just Take, take a bit of extra ammo. I typically try and take double for a 300 round match. That's probably okay for like a 600 round match. That's probably excessive. Um, but try, try and take extra ammo. I, sorry, Corn, just to, to agree with you there. Take at least 50% more than you need. Um, I've, I've seen one shooter at a nationals have to reshoot the 32 round stage three times. Uh, now you shoot a 32 round stage three times. Even without fill-ins, that's almost 100 rounds. Um, so, yeah, at least try and take at least 50%. And if you're shooting, if you're shooting something relatively specialized, uh, that becomes even more important because then you can't turn to one of your buddies and say, you know, can I borrow a box of ammo? Um, because, you know, you've decided to shoot the match with your 356 TSW, uh, which would be cool as that would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take double. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. That's a that's a good point. So, take enough ammo. Make sure that you you actually bring it. Um, if you rely on things like electronic ear pro, change the batteries before you go to the match. If you're like Gaz and you never turn them on, that's a non-issue. If you rely on them to hear range commands and things because your hearing's a little bit stuffed, or you're like me and like, unless what? they're turned up to the max, you just don't listen to people. Right. <laughs> Chase. What exactly? What? You can what? see why they used to need it. <laughs> um, make sure that you take something that'll allow you to clean your iPro. You can buy the little cleaning rags from uh, your local optometrist or from Discam Clicks. They have little uh, sort of alcohol wipes that you can use to clean glasses. Good idea to take those, especially if it's going to be potentially raining. Um, you will need to clean them at some point. Uh, and if you have some form of something that's anti-fog, that's a good idea to take with. 
And it's going to be especially important at this match because of the requirement to wear masks. Means that you're going to step onto the line, take off a mask, and shoot. Um, so your your glasses might fog up if you don't have it. So try and they take might fog that. off what they might fog off if you don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> fog off glasses. <laughs> fog off glasses. Um, guys already covered having things like uh, little plastic disposable raincoats. Good idea. Um, something else to to take. As mentioned, this something to cover your gun in case it rains. Doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to pay for the fancy neoprene gun cover. Shower caps work just fine. Uh, it is sexier though. It is sexier. Like, but if you are under sixty and you have, if you are under sixty and you have a shower cap on your gun, it's a little bit like wearing those suspenders. I'm no. I'm going to change this up a little bit. I'll take three permanent markers. I'll give one to Gaz, one to T, and I'll have one. If you show up with a shower cap, we'll put hashtag Welcome to Gun Show on that. Oh yeah, yeah that seems legit. Yeah. So if you do, hit us up. We'll sign it. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think that sort of covers the equipment. Lube. Lube. There's always Lube. time for lubrication. Exactly. Um, I, would, I would have stuff to clean a gun in case it gets dropped in the sand, um, as, as averse as I am to clean guns. Um, if it gets dropped in the sand, you want to have something that you can you can clean it out. So lube, more magazines than you think you need, um, cleaning stuff, uh, mag brush, um, of which Rescompo sold out, which made me very sad because someone stole mine. Um, brass brush, I mean brass, uh, brass bag. Um, so yeah, just... It's the stuff you'd want normally at a match, but just this is going to be two days. And, and what you want to do is you want to reduce stress. Um, you want to be in a situation where if the gun gets dropped in the sand and it happens, you're not going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do running around like a, a headless chicken? You know, if you've got a tin of, 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 of air, um, I need some more. I need to get some more of that from you, yes. If you've got a tin of air and, you know, some basic cleaning stuff, you can go take that worry out, you know, boar snake um, is a useful thing to have, you know, even if, if I'm not going to strip a gun to clean it, um, it can be nice just to run a boar snake through it quickly as well. So stuff to throw in your range bag that doesn't weigh a hell of a lot, um, doesn't take up a lot of space, but it's nice to have. So I want to add two more things that just popped to my mind as you were talking about stuff to reduce stress. You can see we're very, very carefully scripted on this show. Absolutely. Well, this, this, like, I just thought about that was, it's actually in the script. If you scroll to page four, line 37. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I, I didn't get, I, mine, mine only has a line 35. I got the preview. That's because I just thought of that and line 37 got added. <laughs> if you hit refresh. <laughs> um, range trolley, range cart. Good idea for these sorts of matches. Um, if you don't have a range trolley or a range cart, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy one, but if you don't have one, don't carry the 600 rounds of ammunition that you're bringing on you if you have the option to not. We'll leave it at that. Um, try and reduce what, weight. Yeah, that's what I was going to I was just going to say, I think what you're trying to say is that if you don't have a car or a trolley, reduce weight in your range bag and keep the balance of the spare parts and the lube and all those things that we spoke about in, the, in your car. Yes. Uh, I'll tell spare you what. Parts and lube. The guys with the trolleys and all of that may look a little bit silly to some of you, but at the end of the day, their shoulders and backs are a lot happier than yours are. Absolutely. So funny story. 
I used to be one of those guys who thought that guys who had trolleys and carts were nuts and lazy. And then I got a cart and it made a difference because I wasn't getting fatigued by carrying my bag around the whole day. So it allowed me to actually perform better. Mm, yeah. Um, as small of a change as it is, it is a change. And it's a worthwhile change. Having a trolley allows you to don't carry more shit. Please don't because you still have to drag it, but allows you to keep more snacks, more hydration and, uh, places like Magnum specifically, it gets very hot. It gets very dusty. If it's not raining, um, you're going to need to hydrate sunscreen, hydrate sunscreen, hydrate, hydrate, make sunscreen as per Derek. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that covers the equipment side. Um, so let's move on to, uh, shall we move on to the physical side? Things like hydration and, and, and that sort of stuff, snacks. We talk about that. So at the moment, we're in the middle of a heat wave and, and I don't think we have any reason to suspect that two weekends from now is going to be any, really, any cooler than this really. Uh, if it rains, what will end up happening is it'll be hot and humid as opposed to just hot. Um, hydration, a lot of people underestimate it. Uh, I would, I would suggest that you make sure you are drinking and there's a, there is a, a formula you can work out how many milliliters per kilogram of body weight you need to be drinking. Um, but if, if, if you are, you know what I, I say to guys in course all the time, when you start feeling thirsty, you are already dehydrated. Um, if you wait to be thirsty, um, for for something like this, you are already starting to to experience dehydration. So one of the things the trolley is really nice with is you can throw a cooler bag in there with three or four liters of water in it or three or four liters of liquid in it and keep drinking. Um, so I would, you know, what, what I try and do with matches like this, especially when it's hot like this, is I'll start drinking things like rehydrate on the Tuesday or the Wednesday before the match. Um, I'll start hydrating then. I'll generally drink one of those on the way to the match in the morning um, because just water on its own, as good as water is and as, as wonderful as it is, um, you, you kind of, the way you're going to, you know, with that sort of heat, with all the sweating and the loss of electrolytes and that, you sometimes need a little bit more. Um, so I would try and avoid um, sugary things. I try and avoid fizzy things. But, uh, you know, something like, like rehydrate will work really, really well. Um, just and, and keep drinking. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily want to try and, you know, I see guys get thirsty and then down two liters of water. Uh, and that's not good for you. And now you're going to try and shoot a stage with all that water sloshing around in your belly. Uh, just keep drinking the whole time. Every, every stage you should have, you know, had, you know, if you're shooting, if you're shooting eight stages and you've got, eight 500 milliliter bottles of water, well, that's not a coincidence. Um, so I would, I, would, I would go really heavily, as I say, start hydrating, especially with the heat we're having at the moment. Don't underestimate it because that, this sort of heat makes people stupid um, and mistakes happen. And, and, you know, late on the second day or even early on the second day, you're a little bit heat stroked, you're a little bit dehydrated, we start seeing guys making mistakes. Related to that, and this is just a lot of guys kind of view nationals as a as as a, an awesome social event, um, which, which is cool. I mean, that's that's up to you. But just if you're going to get yourself, if you're going to get 
snotted on, on Friday or Saturday night, um, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that the next day. So my advice on that side of things is if you normally have a beer at night or a whiskey at night or whatever, that's that's not the end of the world. I, I wouldn't advise doing any sort of serious drinking during the match um, because you're going to regret it the whole day on the range. And there's nothing worse than looking forward to nationals. You've paid all this money. You've done all this prep. Friday, you've gone out on the piss with your mates because, yeah, we're going to shoot nationals. And you spend the first day of the nationals hating your life um, because you're, you're hanging. Just uh, related to that, T. And I seem to think we may have covered this on a show at some point, but maybe it wasn't us. Um, we've done enough shows now that I can start forgetting what we've done. Um, if you normally drink a lot of monster, that is fine. If you don't normally drink monster, don't decide on Saturday morning that you need a pick me up and you're going to down two monsters. If you normally drink a cup of coffee in the morning before you get, go places, that's fine. If you don't ever drink coffee, don't drink coffee on your what way. What the, the fuck's match. wrong with you? There's lots wrong with you, but don't drink coffee on the way to the match. You're the 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 physical effects that the stuff has on people who are not used to it is significant. And we're not going to talk about whether you should be drinking Monster usually or not. That's a that's a completely separate discussion. Uh, one that I don't want to have because I love Monster. But <laughs> don't don't decide that you're drinking this sort of stuff on the day of the match or the day before, um, or even two weeks out. Don't decide two weeks out. You got to start prepping for the shit and, and start drinking the stuff if you're not doing it regularly already. Sorry, T. Okay, so just to go on top of that quickly, which is going to cover everything that we're talking about here. <clears throat> Sorry, Corns brought it up briefly about don't drink Monster if you don't normally drink it. Don't drink coffee if you don't normally drink it. It also boils down to trying to maintain what you would normally do before you go to a club match or any other match that you attend. Do not, you, there's no reason for you to severely change that routine. All of the things that you do will still be essentially the same. You've got a different approach and preparation, especially if you're going to have to stay in accommodation away from home, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you have to leave home early to get there. Those things will change. But as far as, um, dietary and nutrition and all, all those kinds of things, do not change your routine and restrict changing any kind of your routine as much as possible because that's going to cause some stress. Exactly. I think, uh, and, and to kind of dovetail with that, this is good advice before any match. Um, you know, whatever match you're going to, like, all of this stuff is going to make your, your match experience more pleasant, whether it's a one-day club shoot or, or a five-day shoot, you know, five- or six-day world shoot. Um, it, it accumulates more. The, long, the longer you're at the match, the more you're going to feel this sort of stuff. Um, but it's not a bad, bad, bad idea on, on any other match. So one more, one more thing before we get into sort of nutritional type stuff. Um, and this is specifically for the ladies. Um, remember you have to take your gun off and box it before going to the bathroom. And the reason I'm saying this is not to be funny. It's just, you're going to be shooting two long days. Um, you may have gotten away from with club matches where you've never had to go to the bathroom during the four hours that you're shooting, but you're inevitably going to have to go to the bathroom during this match. Um, just be aware of that, uh, of that, that you need to de-gun and, and box it. I don't know and if that's actually a rule. Is it not? I, I think it, it's a lot more convenient, but if the gun's in your holster... We'll need to check on that. I thought yeah, it was I, a rule, but I, I could not completely off base. I don't think it's a rule. I, I think it's a, it's good advice. I think it's, it's probably easier advice than 
trying to pull your pants up with a gun attached to them because if you do drop it in the bathroom, you've then technically got to wait for an RO to come get it for you. Um, well, we're not going to say technically. We're going to say you have to wait for an RO because that's the rule. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't actually know if it's a rule. I just I think it's probably good practice. Well, we'll look it up because I'm I'm curious now. Um, uh, I don't remember anything the rules about going to the bathroom and whatever gender you identify as. <laughs> well, Apache attack helicopters never degun before going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's talk about. Uh, so we we've spoken about you're going to need uh, you're going to need to hydrate and you're going to need a lot of hydration. Um, because heat wave, but also South African summer. Um, nutrition, have a um, have a nice hearty sort of uh, farm style breakfast in the morning yeah. before you go. Steak for lunch. Uh, steak, sit down, steak, lunch. Uh, with a burger spine, on the side. With a, with a burger for good measure. Ice pine for dinner. Um, <laughs> that's all the nutrition you need. Tune in next week for, <laughs> yeah, for more protein, healthy protein, protein, protein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and maybe a piece of chicken if you're a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> That's the salad on the side of the steak. Yeah. I would I would suggest trying to avoid any big heavy meals. Um, I know for myself, I do much better if I have breakfast before I start shooting, um, but not the uh, farmhouse breakfast with six eggs and half a pig of bacon and that. Um, Big mistake we see guys do quite often is is at the lunch break, if there's a lunch break or whatever, they sit down and they eat like something big and heavy. Um, and that's going to slow you down. It's going to make you tired. It's It can be a little, you know, if you eat a lot, it can be a bit, a bit uncomfortable if your next stage is going to keep a tunnel or something. Um, so my advice there as well is, is to kind of, is to graze for want of a better term. So to kind of constantly be, be picking at things. Um, Biltong is probably the best range food in the world ever. Uh, you know, high protein. It's not super heavy. It's not super hard work to eat. Um, so I would, I generally try and take some Biltong with. Um, but yeah, I would try and avoid having the big heavy lunch. You know, support support the food people at the at the range, but. At the end of the day, when you finish shooting, then have the giant cheeseburger. Um, don't, don't. I, I would be very careful about eating that um, in the middle of the day. And and jokes aside, you know, I mean, we see it on the range a fair amount of times. There's a fair amount of guys there who, who because of the nature of their work and that, don't spend a lot of time outside, don't spend a lot of time on their feet. Um, and that can hit them especially hard you know if, if you're one of those dudes who's outside in the sun all day on your feet well you don't really need any advice on how to deal with that or you probably don't uh but if you're someone who's always in an office and you find yourself getting tired for for us into a club match um you, you need you need to to sort of pay attention to stuff like that so i would avoid big meals um i'd avoid eating stuff that you're not you know that that's also once again outside of the norm um I've got to be honest, personally, I try and avoid sort of chicken around a match um, or, or curries or, you know, stuff that, that, that may cause more intestinal distress. Um. Seven brandies and a taco. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> fucking taco was off. Uh, so yeah, that that would kind of. I'd, I'd be very careful of the sugar because sugar highs can, when you do crash from those, they can they can hit you pretty hard. So as I say, biltong's a great thing. It's a great way to keep yourself maintained for for days at a time um, in that sort of environment. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I like biltong um, in general, but also for range days. Uh, something else I like is if you like nuts, uh, I like cashews. Uh, <laughs> These nice, nuts. Nice, nice salty nuts <laughs> stick in your mouth. Uh, those okay. are really, those are really good. They don't really have the, the, the sort of energy peak and then the low dip. Um, they're nice, slow energy release food, similar to Boltong. Uh, so those are really good idea. Um, I also like, and I'm not recommending anyone has these. I like the the Energade Energy Jellies. Uh, they're like jelly babies that are a little bit higher in sugar. But I am going to say, because I, I show up with a lot of these to the matches because I have to give three or four bags to Sasha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to have them, don't slaughter a packet at a time in one go. What you should be doing is having one or two or three or whatever every now and then so you keep that you know it's it's a little bit higher in sugar and stuff so it is a little bit peaky in terms of energy that it produces but if you keep eating it over the course of the two days you can get sort of a a, a nice stable energy level as opposed to eating a shit ton of this and having that that crash happen um so to try and avoid that stuff um i do have a monster pretty much before i shoot a match um that's just what i do i probably shouldn't but i do um, I wouldn't recommend that you take uh, a a lot of monster or something similar as your form of hydration. That's just a bad idea. You need water uh, or you need flavored water, essentially. Um, so something with electrolytes if possible. Funny story about that. I don't it seems to have disappeared from the market, but monster made like a like an energizer type drink for a while. Uh, energy type. Uh, oh yes. So I went to a match once and I bought a couple of those because I thought rather than energates, because I normally try and have like one or two energates, I'd have some of those, not realizing that they had the normal monster stuff in them as opposed to just being like an energate. So I <laughs> clap a monster on the way to the range in the morning. Sort of on the second stage, I clap one of those. On the fourth or fifth stage, I clap another one of those and I'm feeling spectacular. And by the seventh stage... I could barely lift my feet. <laughs> yep. That is, so that is important. And we have said that you shouldn't drink stuff that you don't normally drink, but it is important that if you go to the shops and you pick up something that isn't in your normal sort of, because it looks similar, check the ingredients list, make sure it's not just like caffeine and sugar. Um, Cause those are the unless, two things you want to not have too much. You live of. on caffeine and sugar. Yeah. Yes, but I think then you just show up with you. You go the full hog, and you just show up with like a twelve pack of Doctor for day one, and a twelve pack of meal for day two. <laughs> At least my squad's next to yours. So I could just go raid your uh, your trolley if all else fails. <laughs> there will be stuff there, and yes, be honest, that's good. Um, so basically, when it comes down to hydration and nutrition, especially when you're on the range, it's it's sustenance. You're not trying to take anything down in any form of bulk. Hmm. So like Tarek said earlier, you essentially want to have some water on each stage and you want to create a routine with that. But at the same time, when you go for that water, you can have a couple of pieces of biltong or you can have a small handful of peanuts or cashews in Corn's case. 
so that you're keeping that sustenance up. You shouldn't, if you keep that up, you shouldn't have to have a big lunch, which is then going to make you lazy. Uh, yep. So sustenance. Exactly. Yeah. And, and try and avoid any, avoid eating anything that disagrees with you. Um, so don't eat Eric. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> now I've agreed with you. What does that mean? Um, yeah. You know, like if, 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 if there's something that, uh, that that doesn't always go go well. Don't don't take a chance at the match. Um, yeah, I think that's that's sound advice that you should take. Sort of in general life, not just for a match, but probably especially well, for a match. Yeah. The uh, older you get, the more important it becomes. Uh, <laughs> um, you need to pre-plan this stuff. You can't really for this kind of stuff stop in at the local garage five kilometers from the range. Um, try and if, if it's stuff that, that will remain fresh, try and get it a couple of days beforehand. Things like cashews are fine. Um, if you're taking biltong and you really should, uh, try and get that the day before. You don't want the gas station stuff. You really don't want the gas station stuff. Um, but also if you, if you're not pre, if you're not, not pre buying your stuff, um, where you have some time to drive around, if it's out of stock, you're buying it at the, the, the sort of BP, three kilometers from the range and you have to start shooting in half an hour. You have, if they don't have, they don't have and you're stuffed. So also, don't take the jokes chance. Aside, if you haven't shot at Magnum, there is fuck all near Magnum. Yeah. When I said three kilometers, I meant in general, I didn't mean Magnum. No, <laughs> no but, but for, for this particular match, Magnum is a fantastic range. Um, but there's no running out to get anything. There's, there's nothing close by the nearest petrol station that I, well, you don't really want to stop at the nearest petrol station if you can avoid it. Um, the nearest petrol station you want to stop at is probably, I don't know, 20 minutes away. Um, so, yeah, it, it's especially important if you haven't shot there before. Exactly. Um, we'll, we'll cover some some other stuff about Magnum in uh, sort of a general range section. Have we covered the physical stuff, all the nutrition and, uh, and, and, and hydration stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Cool stuff. Gaz, should I, because I'm a specimen of like fitness and physique, should I start running 20 kilometers a day today, despite the fact that I never run because in two weeks I've got a match? No, I wouldn't say so. No. Is it just me that you say shouldn't do that? Or do you think Tarek should also not do that? So now you- I like Gaz, I think you should knock yourself out. (laughs) I would. If I tried to do that shit. (laughs) So with us being- roughly 10 days away from the nationals changing anything. Like when I said, now you're not going to see any significant gains that are going to do anything beneficial for you at the nationals in terms of physical fitness, um, like going to the gym or running 20 Ks a day, but you could be doing other things in what you are eating and drinking every day that could start contributing towards having a better balance when you get to the nationals, you know, so Tarek mentioned earlier that you at least three or four days before the nationals, you've already started making sure you hydrated with it being so hot. Now it wouldn't cause any severe harm to start hydrating even sooner. Mm. You know, for example, running 20 Ks a day, every day now until nationals is going to cause you more bodily harm and stress than what just carrying on with what you normally do does. But if you have a look at what you're eating and what you're drinking now, and adjusting accordingly, that can have some sort of health benefit for you when you get to the nationals. Exactly. 
And, and, and what I would say is, jokes aside, if if you want to start doing that, then after the nationals, start running or whatever. Um, yeah. We yeah. are, we are, and, and I think you, you, if you've paid attention to the show, which I mean we haven't, but if you have, uh, you've probably noticed we, we've said a couple of times things along the lines of, you're not going to change anything now. Um, you're not going to get any fitter. You're not going to get any um, skinnier. You're not going to make any dramatic physical changes, uh, you know, or, or changes to your your body or your skill set in the next 10 days. Um, so what you want to do is you want to do the best you can with what you've got, not overcook it. And then after nationals, you know, no one's ever left a match going, fuck, I wish I was less fit. Yep, exactly. So that brings that us on fact. to, I mean, this is still sort of slightly physical stuff. Um, yes, speed mode, dry fire. Um, should should guys still be in speed mode dry fire 10 days out or should you be in match mode already or should you be in match mode day or two from now um, okay so for me normally my match mode stuff will start happening about 10 days before a nations um, if there's something that I'm having some sort of gains in the week before I might spend another day or two playing with that and trying to make it more subconscious so at the very least and leaving it at the latest I would be basically purely in match mode from the Wednesday, from this coming Wednesday. So that's going to be what about eight days mm. from nationals. Um, I wouldn't recommend any sort of speed gains, tweaking techniques, those kinds of things, because I don't think you'll have the time or the opportunity to make those 100% subconscious and trustworthy for you to apply at a match. You want to be basically working with what you have now and taking that from where you've been working on things to a point now where you can execute all of those skills consistently and every time that's going to be much more beneficial to your performance when you get to the nationals. Yep. This ties in with the, uh, make sure your gear is, uh, is match compliant that we spoke about right at the beginning. If you're entering match mode dry fire now and on Thursday before the match, you figure out your holster's in the wrong place and you have to move it or your mag pouch is in the wrong place. You have to move it. Um, that's going to hurt you. So try and get that stuff fixed like tomorrow if you can. Uh, well, this releases, this releases at nine o'clock in the morning. I forgot. So fix it today and then get into your, your match mode dry fire. Um, I mean, it is Monday all day, isn't it? It is, but because of the time we record this versus the time we release it, my, I'm not smart. My brain doesn't work well under these, uh, time traveling is a weird thing. Well, I've had to program myself for Monday. (laughs) I I heard you say that. You're like, I'm going to be in match mode from Wednesday. And we're like, motherfucker, that's a week away. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I was planning on speed moding next week. Uh. (laughs) Derek was planning on speed moding his dry fire in the the safe area that morning. (laughs) Pretty much, actually. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not a clever man, though. Don't do it. I miss it. Also, it also depends on how how much time you can dedicate to preparing for the nationals. You know, so from Monday or today, whichever way you look at it, from Monday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, fuck. I don't. I (laughs) can't help you. Then, I'm sorry. You're done. If you're listening to this on release day, (laughs) yeah. Okay, I'm confused. I'm confused. Okay, let's say you're ten days out from nationals. Um, and you've only realistically got another four dry fire sessions before you have to be at the nationals. That's not a lot of time. That's really, really not a lot of time. 
And that also depends on how many hours you can do in those four sessions. If you've got eight, 10, 12, I don't know, 16, 20 sessions in those 10 days leading up to the nationals, there might be more scope for you to play and experiment a little bit more with those skills. But if you, if you're five days out from nationals, there's, there's essentially no such thing as speed mode. You're running match mode. You're running your mental program. You're preparing to shoot that nationals from that day. And I, and I think to, to go with that as well, there is no downside to increasing the amount of, of live fire or dry fire practice between now and nationals. Um, as long as you don't decide that your draw now needs to come down by a second or, or anything like that, you know, you, you, you may, you may get some skill gains as a result of progressive practice. Um, but you're not going to lose anything by getting in an extra 15 minutes of dry fire a day up until nationals. Um, as long as it's intelligent dry fire, like I said. Yeah, I, I think the important thing here is if you can shave off a little bit more time off your draw, a little bit more time off your reload, and you're you're sort of not five days from from the match, that's okay. Um, but if you're 10 days out and you decide that uh, that grip that I've been doing on my gun for the last six years ain't no good, I want to do that Lena Michelek two fingers on the trigger guard thing. Now's not the time to try that. Yeah. Um, now's not the time to try and do, do stick things. If exactly what you're going to be doing in the match, you're doing that and you're shaving off a little bit of time every day, that's not a bad thing as long as you're making sure that you're calling your shots and if they're not acceptable, you're making them up immediately. Um, that is okay. But don't do, don't do anything fancy and change a whole bunch of shit just before. Um, that's, not going to go well. Best case scenario, you default back to what you know. Worst case scenario is you do a hybrid of the two and it's a complete train wreck. And that's the most likely. That's the most likely, yep. So the other thing to keep in mind as well is basing that sort of experimentation on your current experience with how many uh, matches in total you've shot and maybe how many nationals you've had the experience of shooting. So that's to keep in mind as well. Yeah. And, and continuing the dry fire thing as well, there's nothing wrong with dry firing the night before the match. There's nothing wrong with dry firing the morning when you get up before the, you know, during the match. There's nothing wrong with, if, if, if you, if you watch a lot of the, the, the top shooters, especially internationally, you'll see them going into the safety area all the time and dry firing through a stage or dry firing through something. So uh, as long as you're doing that in match mode, as opposed to in, in, in speed mode or in bullseye mode, um, there's there's no downside to that. That's that's just going to better prepare. You know, if, if you can, if you on the morning of the match can get up and, and get in a 15 minute dry fire session, it means that your first draw of the match, you've had however many time draws that day. Uh, it, it it makes it a little bit easier than you're cold, you're excited, especially if it's your first nationals, the adrenaline's going, and now you're gonna you're gonna fumble that gun out of its bucket. Yeah. So I. I believe that recency, not necessarily reps mm. always and not necessarily round count always, but recency of testing a skill is super important. Oh, yeah. So, yes, if, if you can get a couple of draws in, it doesn't have to be a million draws. If you can get a couple of draws in before you go to the match and then strap your belt on when you get to the match and get a couple of more draws in, that recency is going to help you. Um, you don't have to be pushing the speed envelope on those. Uh, but but getting the just I have done a draw today takes that 
potential for some people mental issue of fuck this is my first draw in the nationals takes that off the off the cards because i've got a couple of draws in today and those were good um i've got a couple of transitions in in the, in the safety area i'm good I, i've done those today um, really good idea i i like to to get a little bit of dry firing before i go to a match the morning before if possible and i really like getting some in in the safety area before i go to this first stage um, if you can go during the match and you can get to the safety area again it's not a bad idea but definitely do it before your first stage um if you dry fire with snap caps make Don't. sure or dummy rounds or whatever make sure before you go to the match that those things are far away from your gun your mags and your gun bag uh, you don't want to be pulling out a gun with a snap cap in it in the safety area or at equipment check um, because then it's going to be a very short day. Yep. I'd like and to boost add- on that. Don't handle any ammunition in the safety area. Yes. Yep. Especially if you're playing around with some dry fire and that. Uh, as far as I understand, if you want to dry fire some reloads in the safety area, you can do so with an empty magazine. You can technically, I've got to be honest, I I, I I would be leery of it, A, because you may just not thinking shove a loaded magazine in there, and B, you may have an RO who decides that you can't, and I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't want that, that in my head as I go into a stage. You know, even if, if we've found in the rule book, you know, we've pointed out the rule that allows it, I don't really want to be going in, into the, the next uh, stage having just had a fight with an RO. Yeah. Yeah, no. I agree. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that's unnecessary stress. Yeah. So just make sure you don't handle magazines and ammo in the safety area for reduced stress. Yeah. Um, so maybe do your draws and reloads in the morning before you go to the match and then do some draws and transitions when you're at the match just to, to reduce the issue. I was going to add to that um, in the morning before you go to the match, um, if you're taking match guns, clear them. So... Take your gun, make sure the gun is empty, make sure the gun is safe, put it in your pistol bag, no ammunition, no magazines. Um, that way you're not going to have a nasty surprise when you get to the match. If you are shooting your carry gun, um, make sure that the first thing you do when you arrive at the match, go to the, uh, to the hot box, unload your gun, make sure it's safe. Um, just to avoid some issues. Good stuff. I think that covers that side of stuff um there's two more i want to do general match sort of admin type shit and then uh gaz i'd like to talk to you a little bit about sort of mental preparation leading up to 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 matches not just nationals matches yep and t i don't want to talk to t about his mental preparation (laughs) i know his mental preparation his is like mine drink a bottle of scotch yes (laughs) I mean, I understand T's game. It's <laughs> yours that confuses me. You drink coffee when we're drinking whiskey. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about the sort of general sort of admin shit that happens at bigger matches for a moment. Make sure you show up with plenty of time. Um, now, Magnum's not the the most sort of it's not the largest range in the world, uh-huh. so you might be okay. But if you're ever shooting a match at like Polokwane. The range is huge and you've got to walk it. So if you show up a little bit late, I don't mean late for your start time, but you show you don't show up early, uh, you might have a 15 minute walk to get to your range. 
And that's going to make you late potentially and it's going to cause you some stress. So show up early, even to the one at Magnum. Like I said, not the biggest range in the world. It might be your first time shooting there. You may not know the ranges. And as a result, you might need to ask people where to go. Um, so show up a little bit earlier. That'll reduce some some stress. And it'll give you some Magnum, time to I think they're going to have everyone parking outside. So it's a, it's a long enough walk. Yeah, so you're yeah. going to definitely have a walk. I was going to mention that with the admin stuff with Magnum. And it sounds like it might not be true for this one. But unless you show up really super early, you're probably parking outside, which is not the end of the world. But if you don't know that and you drive in and you try to find a parking, you can't and you need to swing back and find a parking outside. That's a lot of time and potentially adds stress. So um, for this match, just park outside. Generally at Magnum, unless you show up super early, I wouldn't even try just park outside and walk. Um, so something so, to keep in mind with the early park as well. I've had it before at a nationals where I was still 10 minutes early for the actual start of the briefing but the RO started the briefing early yep. and I was still loading my mags and subsequently I was first on the line. So 10 minutes early sometimes isn't early enough. Yeah. 10 minutes wouldn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. Um, I would probably try and do half an hour if at all possible. Yeah. Um, they've moved the start time up a little bit. It's a little bit later. So half an hour should be doable. Um, yeah. But Joe, that's a good point. I, I had that. At, I've had that at, at nationals as well, where um, I got there. I was before the time, and yeah, they they done the briefing. Um, so that's something to be aware of. That th- th- there are going to be some ROs who are going to be super anal about about timing. So some of them, and and it's not always their choice, but some of them are going to make you sit and wait for three minutes because it's three minutes too, and we start in three minutes. And others are going to want to be, you know, going five minutes before time. So there's a there's a there's a different level of sort of time pressure than than what you're normally seeing at a club shoot or a league. Yeah. Um, when you get out the car, and this helps with getting there sort of half an hour early. Um, I had at the level four. Super embarrassing. Day two at the level four, I show up like five minutes later than I wanted to. So I was still early, but like five minutes later than I wanted to. So the mind's going, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late because I hate being late. Uh, rush out the car, rush off to the range, get to the range. And as I walk onto the range, I start fumbling through my bag. And I realized that when I left after day one, I didn't put my ear pro in my range bag. I wore them to the car and then just took them off in the car. So I had a a like seven minute walk back to my car and then back to the range. And there wasn't enough time to do a seven minute walk. So I ran from the range to the car, grabbed my ear pro and ran all the way back. Um, That's not good for you. I mean, I wasn't really good back then anyway, but that is exhausting and is not the kind of cardio that you need um, just before you're starting the match at seven o'clock in the morning. So Show up a little bit early so that you can you can double check and make sure that you have all your gear before you head off to the range so that when you get there, you know that you're ready to go. Um, Gaz mentioned something important, loading magazines on the day. Try and avoid if you can. Um, you can show up with preloaded magazines. That's a good idea. Not everyone can show up with enough preloaded magazines to shoot the entire day, but if you can show up with all your magazines preloaded, uh, that's going to reduce a little bit of stress early in the day and you'll be able to load your magazines uh, after you've shot for the rest of the day. Um, when, when they brief, 
when the RO is brief, pay attention. Um, and if when they ask if you've got any questions, if you're not sure of anything, ask them then. Don't ask your fellow competitors what the round count is, what the start position is. Um, the RO will tell you, and if you missed it, I, I have a, a habit, and it's probably annoying, of at the end of the, the briefing saying to the RO, start anywhere, um, gun-loaded, 32 rounds sort of thing. Um, just because you don't want to think it's a 30-round stage and it's actually a 32-round and you miss a target on your walkthrough or something, and your other competitor possibly didn't hear it either or in some rare cases might be a dick um, who's, who's happy to lie to you. Um, I've seen a lot more of the former than the latter, but I have seen the latter as well. Uh, um, understand, yeah. No, no, go ahead, T. I'll hop in. Understand off. that they're going to be pretty strict generally about that five-minute walkthrough maximum, and oftentimes in shorter stages and sometimes even on longer stages, they'll give you three minutes. Um, so you can't dilly-dally. You, you're going to have minimal time to, to walk through. Uh, I would, you know... <laughs> Be polite, exit out the back of the stage if at all possible so that your other competitors can walk through. Um, and and jokes aside, if, if and I've seen this as well, if, if someone's being a dick and trying to hog a spot, tell them to move. Um, if you've got someone standing on a, on a uh, like a, and I've seen this, I've seen guys stand in the prime spot on a stage where like it's a really important part of, of the stage walkthrough and they try and stand there for the full five minutes. As I say, don't be a dick. Don't barge people out the way. Uh, no one likes that guy. But if someone's doing that, say to them, sorry, guys, I need to walk through as well now. Uh, don't be scared of that. Um, you know, because there are unfortunately some guys who will will mess you around a little bit. Uh, don't step onto the stage, though, until the RO's invited you. That's exactly where I was going. Go ahead, you know, we, we see guys do that at club shoots and... We really should be giving them freaking warnings and procedurals um, at a nationals. That's going to happen. So wait until the, the RO's invited you on the stage. So I would take that one a little bit further and perhaps less of an issue with this one because equipment check-in is the morning of. Uh, but usually equipment check-in at these sorts of matches is the day before and you are allowed to go and have a look at the stages. Um, never enter the shooting area never touch any of the targets, any of the stage props. Um, you can stand at the back and you can look. Um, same thing if you are on your lunch break, you're in your, your off slot for the day of shooting, you can walk around and go and look at the other stages. Do not enter the stages. Do not interfere with the other competitors. Do not mess around with, with the guys who are shooting. Um, none of that sort of stuff. Um, I guess in addition to that, um, be aware that when you're shooting, I mean, not when you're actually shooting the stage, but when your squad is shooting the stage, don't approach targets until the RO has scored them. Definitely don't touch targets until the RO has scored them. So don't, don't touch them at all. And if it's, a swinging, if it's a swinging target, let the RO stop it uh, and, and score it. You, you don't stop it. You don't touch it. A um, couple of other things just, Sort of, because as I said, he should apply to any other at any match. But sometimes the, the rules are or the rules are applied a little bit differently. The official command is to load and make ready. If you're not sure, if you didn't hear the RO correctly, or you're not sure what they said, 
or they they made some comment about gas it up or whatever, don't be scared to ask them, did you say, can I load and make ready? I've seen guys get in trouble because the RO says something, the shooter thought they said load and make ready, and they pulled their gun out, um, which, which can lead to your match ending pretty quickly. So on the load and make ready, if, if you're not sure, you know, if the RO obviously went, shooter, load and make ready, there's no sort of, there's no drama, but it, it happens. Sometimes you don't hear them properly. Sometimes you, occasionally you get an RO who will say something sort of outside of the script. Um, if you're not sure, don't be scared to turn around and say, sorry, did you say load and make ready? Important. When you turn around and say, did you say load and make ready? <laughs> leave the gun in the holster. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Turning around, sweeping the entire squad while going, did you say I can put the mag in? <laughs> <laughs> Um, kind of bad. So, so that that's something to be aware of. Um, and sorry, some of this is slightly out of order. At a lot of matches like this, what they'll do is at the beginning of the first day they'll read out a shoot. They'll read out a shoot a, an order. So they'll do a, a a roll call and they'll read names out. And sometimes that'll be your shooting order for the rest of the match. Other times they go in alphabetical order. Sometimes they just go in whatever. They, I've seen some matches where. They've kind of selected orders and you one guy ends up going first three times and um, try and confirm what they're going to be using. And, and sometimes, especially with practice score, they'll, th- there's different ways they can do it and, and you get to the next stage and the ROs have set it on a different way. Um, so if you can go, okay, well, we've been running this alphabetically, then, then most of them will be happy to go with that. And pay attention to where you are in that shooting order. Um, so if you... You know, if if George is three shooters ahead of you, you know when George is shooting, that's you, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be on second standby. Um, it's your time to stop helping uh, and and start getting all of your stuff together. Uh, related to that, if you're not, if if it's not that sort of thing, it's not your time to stop helping. And and you may have come across some shooters who who are firmly of the opinion that. Um, assisting their squad is uh, is beneath them. Um, you may not have seen it before, but it, it can happen. Um, how you choose to deal with that is is beyond you. Is beyond you know is is on you. I would I wouldn't suggest punching them in the mouth as much as you want to. Um, I, I have been known to walk up to people and hand them a, a string of patches and ask them if they need instructions as to how they work. Um, have witnessed. It's very funny. <laughs> Because you are going to get guys who are going to spend the entire match sitting on their ass watching you reset, so that they're um, they're not tired from from helping reset, and you get tired. So be very careful, especially if you're a new shooter. If if you find yourself and and two other new shooters doing the reset on every stage, don't fall for that. Um, Something else related. Don't be a dick. Help. I'm not saying don't help. Like don't be a dick. Do your part. Uh, but if you're the only one resetting steel, at some point you have to leave the steel and patch mm-hmm. some shit. Um, especially when you're sort of three or four, or five shooters away from shooting. Um, someone else needs to occasionally pick up a piece of steel uh, because otherwise it is unfair on you because you are getting fatigued in doing that all the time when no one else is. So don't avoid picking up steel. Do your part. But if you're sort of, like I said, if you're getting sort of close to being on second standby, 
maybe try and do do paper patching. Um, and then once you've shot, you've done your, uh, your, your, your mag load again, get back out there and you can get back to resetting steel. Um, when it comes time to patch, um, as Korn said, uh, stay a meter away from the targets until, until they've been scored. If you're not sure, confirm. Um, so I think occasionally new shooters sometimes, and not always new shooters, but often new shooters, it is not your job to point out to the RO that that Delta may not, or that Charlie may not have nicked the line or anything like that. Um, this is not a rule book thing. This is sort of more a culture of, of, of the game sort of thing that most of us were taught when we, we started shooting. Um, if, if you, you know, you, you'll generally see, and I think it's good sportsmanship, if you think that that that, that shot's actually an alpha and it, and and the RO may have walked past quickly and gone, to Ch- it's Charlie, and you're walking over to patch it, there's nothing wrong with saying to the RO, I'd, can you double check this for the shooter, please? It looks to be an alpha for me. There is honestly, you're being a massive dick if you you then start sitting there arguing with ROs that you want shots downgraded, unless it's something obvious. You know, if there's two shots in the Delta and the RO calls two alpha, that's a little bit different to, ooh, I don't know if this grease ring actually touches Mr. RO. Um, don't be that guy. Uh, you know, um, it's it's not necessary. It's not cool. So Related uh, to that? Not, not, not directly with the being a dick and trying to downgrade people. Um, you can ask for an overlay, and if you're uncertain and you're not, I'm not going to say not happy, but you're not sure about the call that is being made, um, do ask for an overlay. Um, if a popper does not fall and you did actually hit it, please don't be don't. the dick. Calibrate something that you didn't actually <laughs> hit, but if you did hit it. Um, you can ask for calibration on that and you probably should. Um, so don't be a dick. Don't like miss it entirely and then go, no, 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 no. I'm sure that uh, <laughs> don't be that yeah. dude because people are going to hate you. <laughs> and, and on the overlay thing, if you're, if you're the person who every time you have a miss, you demand an overlay, it's going to annoy people after a while. Um, if, if, if you fired what felt like two good shots, you called two shots in the alpha and the one can't be found, then don't be scared to ask for an overlay. Um, you know, it, it's – don't just accept. You know, if you 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 know you, your front side was on the target, your dot was on the target, you fired the shot, you had good trigger control, you fired the next shot, and you left that target having called that as two solid alphas and it gets called as an alpha mic, Get them to overlay. It, it's a, a good RO is not going to complain. In fact, a lot of the really good ROs are going to pull out their overlay and check every target with a mic on it anyway. Um, just because it's you know it's not their job to screw you. It's their job to find what the actual score is on the target. Um, perfect doubles are pretty damn rare, um, but we do see sort of you know oval hits and or, or, or shots where there's two grease strings if you look quickly. So um, they'll generally tell you that you can appoint, uh, you can appoint a, a, a verifier, um, and that's a good idea. Find someone in your squad who shoots on the opposite end of the shooting order and verify for each other. Uh, and just double-check the targets. If any of them look funny, go make sure that they're, they're being called correctly um, because it happens. You know, ROs are human. They get tired. It's been a long day. They walk past the target. 
and they call it Alpha Charlie and it's two alphas. And that, that, or they call it Alpha Mike and it's an Alpha Delta. Um, that, that can cost you a place in a match. Um, exactly. Um, I wanted to say something else about scoring, but now I can't remember. Uh, it was the verifier. Um, oh, um, if you can, this is not strictly your responsibility, um, but if you can during your last walkthrough before you load and make ready, if you can just double check and make sure that uh, things are reset, um, that's going to help. You know, if a target's not pasted, I'm not going to try and like eagle eye every target and see if they're they're pasted. But um, if obviously the stringer isn't reset or obviously that that uh, that uh, popper isn't back in its place, um, just say that'll allow you to squeeze in another walkthrough. Uh, but it'll also save you having to reshoot. Um, and reshoots come with their own, um, for many people, Challenge. gas excluded, comes with many mental challenges for many people. So you want to avoid them where possible. And, and related to that, and this is important, get you and your verify, and also as a, as a good competitor uh, or a good squad mate, check that the no-shoots have been patched. Because it can happen that the shooter, before you shot a no-shoot, it hasn't been patched, you shoot the stage, and you get scored that no shoot. Um, and you know, if you shot the no shoot, then that's your no shoot. If you didn't shoot the no shoot, it's a bit cuck if you if you lose those points. So uh, it's something to keep an eye out. And as a good competitor or, or as a good squad mate, it's also something to to, to keep an eye out for. Yep. Um, other sort of match administration stuff that some of you guys may have never seen before: uh, chronograph. Um, I'm not sure they're chronographing everyone at this match. They don't always, but who knows? They might be chronographed. Assume you're going to get chronographed is, is where this is going. Um, again, maybe it's different for this match, but I doubt it. Typically, you don't shoot your gun when it's getting chronographed. Um, the the RO, or the, the, the guy manning that that sort of chronograph stage, will Ogle. shoot your gun. Ogle. Ogle. Damn, I know. I don't mean to be. just... <laughs> a bit of dumbass. Um, it'll generally be, and it should be, ammo off your belt. So it'll be, you're getting chronographed, mister. Walk over here, lay your gun down, and uh, hand us a magazine from your belt. Um, don't pack your chronograph ammo. Um, and if you do pack your chronograph ammo, please put it in a box clearly marked chronograph. Um, even better if you can have a special mag for this, that you've written on the side in a sort of high-vis cokey uh, chronograph mag. Um, not for match use. Not for match use. Those <laughs> go down great generally um, uh, for all the other people who get to watch. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, oh, um, belts typically do get rechecked um, mm. throughout the day. Um, so your RO will probably have a little diagram of how your belt is set up, was set up during check-in, and they will occasionally, at random, uh, check you to make sure that that is still the same. Um, so very important where Tarek said, make sure that the bolts and things on your rig is, is, is tightened down. That's not just so your, your holster doesn't move and like fuck with your draw. It's also so your holster doesn't move slightly forward of your hip and now you're shooting open. When you... Uh... And, and check stuff like that, that like your, if you've got a magnet on your belt, uh, make sure that the mag on the magnet doesn't go past the hips in, in all the divisions that aren't open. 
Um, I see it sometimes with guys do the, oh, no, 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 but I only use that, you know, after the start signal and then it, and it's like all it takes is you finish the stage and you throw a mag in your magnet. So just make sure all your gear is is where it needs to be. Um, when you score, when you sign off your score sheet, generally it'll be practice score and they'll give you a score sheet to your scoring device to sign off. Check that the score is correct. So if no one, if, if you weren't shown any mics, there's no discussion of mics and there's mics on there, or you were shown, and, and check the timer. When the RO shows the ti- you the timer, mm-hmm. check the time on the timer and check the split if you can from the last shot. Because it happens that the timer bumps into something and you get three seconds added to your time or it picks you up unloading and showing clear. So try and have a look at that. When you get the score sheet to sign, make sure that it's correct. Make sure all the scores filled in. And then sign it in a way, as much as I like to draw a cock and balls, sign it in a way that's going to be verifiable because Gaz had a, a, a situation at a match once where there was some some interesting issues with, with scores getting adapted. Um, so that's that's something to pay attention to as well. T-Bag, sorry to interrupt you. Gaz's phone is going to die. I would like to move on to the mental things for a, for a little bit. Um, okay. or we still have Gaz and then we can come back to some of the other stuff Mr. Garrett Evan John <laughs> Garrett Evan John he's still yeah. there because that got him um, as quickly as you can before we lose you um, mental preparation for, for matches and I'm going to say specifically for nationals but it should be the same for all matches um, but is there anything specific that you're doing in terms of mental preparation before you you, you go to these okay so for just about any match, you want to apply the same mental process uh, leading up to that match, whether that's a club match, a nationals, a world shoot, um, anything like that. You want to be spending time preparing mentally. For me at the moment, well, the first thing you want to do is you want to decide why you're going to the match and what you need to do at the match to shoot to the best of your abilities. And that's typically going to be some form of goal that you can control within your performance for Many of us that might be running our mental program for the whole match, um, seeing our sights on every target, calling every shot, etc., etc. Something within our control that we can revert to, um, and we want to be running with that. And when we're looking at bigger matches, like now we're coming up to the nationals, and I, I don't like using the word bigger match, but we take a little bit longer to prepare, shall we say. That preparation mentally started already for me about a week or two ago. Um, in which I spend time visualizing myself on the range, how I'm going to perform, how I'm feeling, um, certain scenarios that might not be convenient, how would I respond to those, um, and how would I get back to my process, etc. If things are going well, how am I going to feel? All of those kinds of things play a role. So I spend a fair amount of time visualizing. But if you can go to the match with the intent to have some sort of phrase or goal that is within your control that you can revert to. So if you start feeling a bit of pressure, like, ah, that swing is very far. Um, This RO just irritated me and now my blood's boiling. Whatever the case is, you can bring yourself back to that goal that you set out for when you went there, why you went to that match. And the same goes for if things are going very well, it's quite easy for you to tip onto the other side of that spectrum where you get overly excited and you need to bring it back to, okay, why am I performing well? Well, it's because I decided that I was going to come shoot my own match. If you bring it back to that, you should bring your performance back to that point of view. Um, 
And essentially what you want to do is you also want to be in a position where you have decided that you will control only the elements and circumstances that you can. Anything that's outside of your control, you have to let that be. You have to let that play out. You have to focus on what you can control. As soon as you start focusing on things that you can't control, you're going to start letting things slip and that's going to start getting a bit frustrating for you. So you've hit on a couple of things there that's, I think, important. Um, and I think the, the first one to touch on is visualization. Um, so you're, you're already visualizing, not, not stages, but you're already visualizing gas being on the range and, and doing the, the, the individualized skills that you're going to be doing. You're already getting the, the, this is how I'm going to do it and this is how I do it well stuff into your head and, and sort of mm. programmed in. Um, it's obviously also important to take the time post walkthrough to do your visualization. So if another shooter is on the line, so not when you're supposed to be resetting and helping, but when another shooter is on the line, you should take your time and, and, and visualize the stage, get that, get that plan well imprinted. Um, super important. I think. Anal strat oh, yeah. members. Anal strat members by Steve Anderson. When, when we're on the range, there's an element that we need to control and that's our mind. So if we get to a point where we feel like the match is providing too much pressure um, or we're doing very well and we get too excited, we have to maintain that mental balance. That's why I said earlier, having a goal like I'll see my sights or the dots on every target, I'll call all my shots. Except. Something that works for you is very important and some sort of goal that's not outcome-based is also going to help to the point where you're going to shoot your own match Um you're going to run your mental process the entire day. Those kinds of things are all important. Don't go to the match expecting to shoot all alphas and no misses and no no shoots because that's going to have an adverse effect on your performance in terms of speed. And realistically, even if that is your outcome-based goal or, or process-based goal, you're going to probably have some sort of scored error. You might pick up a micro or no shoot and then that sort of defined goal is bust. It's out the window. Um on each and every stage, you're obviously going to get a chance to walk the stage where you're going to have a chance to locate all of the targets and formulate some sort of plan. Once you have that plan, you want to spend as much time as you can preparing to shoot that stage in terms of visualization. And that's going to be first person visualization of each target, each position, and what you're going to be feeling on that stage. So make sure you run that as much as possible because what that does is going to help that stage become more subconscious for you to perform on. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, I think we, uh, it, I'll, I'll link the show that we did with, uh, with Jay after his nationals, uh, his first nationals. Uh, it's, it's a really good one to go and listen to. Uh, but Jay covers something different to the visualization. Um, he, he spoke a bit about uh, remaining in your optimal stress zone. And stress zone is the wrong word, but your optimal sort of enthusiastic zone. So if you feel yourself slumping in energy and, and enthusiasm throughout the day, joking with your friends or, or, or fellow squad mates is a really good idea. Get, get the energy a little bit up. Um, obviously, if that gets a little bit too much and you get a little bit overexcited, you need to step away from it for a moment, visualize, breathe, um, to get yourself back to, to sort of a, a manageable level where you can perform optimally. I'll link that. And, and, and that's, a, I mean, that's a really good point. And I think a lot of that, it's important to kind of 
prepare for for your personality as opposed to your favorite personality's personality. <clears throat> I was listening to an interview today with Mason Lane, who uh, won US Limited Nationals, and I think he came second in, in production nationals, Kids of Beast. And, and he made a point about, um, you know, he's one of those guys who, who can't spend an entire match in the zone. He wants to talk shit. And, <clears throat> and there's guys like that. TGO is famous for being like that. You get other guys who quietly sit in a corner for the whole match and don't interact with people. Neither, it's not a value judgment. Neither of those, you know, it, it's important that you find, and it's, as I say, it's, it's not a value judgment. It's important that you find what works for you. If, if you, if you, I, I talk shit. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm a little bit like a shark. You know, if my mouth isn't moving, I, I can't breathe. Um, so I'm, I'm generally talking shit and, and, and that sort of thing. And if I try and get too serious at a match, I'll, I'll often fuck it up. Uh, you know, Gaz is a, is a fair amount more serious. He's not like super serious, but Gaz is a little bit more serious. I've seen other good shooters. I've seen a recently at a club shoot, saw a very good shooter throw away a match completely because he was so busy trying to get in the zone and so busy trying to do what someone else had done that he just got himself ridiculously worked up and and <laughs> fucked up basically. So, you know, don't don't interfere with other shooters. If if someone's trying to get on the line or someone's trying to get it get their mind right and they've stepped away from the conversation, they're they're doing whatever breathing exercises they want to do or, or whatever focus exercises they want to do, leave them alone. Um, and if someone is the sort who just likes to sort of shut down a little bit don't decide that they're obviously a dick who doesn't like you. They might just not like you, but uh, it might just be that, that that's the way they deal with these things. Um, just, you know, understand that and keep, your, keep yourself in, in, in your best possible mind, mind, sort of mind space for want of a made-up term. I just want to mention one thing that probably should be mentioned. Um, Realise that... And Tarek mentioned that this earlier when he said they're going to be really strict on the the duration that you have to do walkthroughs. Understand that you may only get one walkthrough, and if you're lucky, you might get three, um, like really lucky. So you've got to use them productively, um, which means that the usual thing where we talk shit during walkthroughs at a club match you need to dial that down um, for matches where the time limits are strictly, and they should be strictly imposed at club matches too, but we know they aren't, but they're strictly imposed. Take the walkthrough seriously, get back to your joking, use your time to visualize in between. Um, but really take the, the, the walkthrough seriously. We appear to yes. guess. There is no more guess. Oh man, I hope he's coming back. He's probably coming back. We shall see. If you hear his audio sound a little bit different, it's because he's going to join from a different device. All good. Um, so, T-Bag, what have we not touched on? What, boobs. What's, what's missing? Boobs. We've not touched on boobs. Not the whole show. Uh, maybe we should touch on boobs. We're probably going to have to <laughs> cut this great. fucking section out too. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Sorry, I think Gareth is just trying to message us seeing as we're cutting stuff out. No problem. 
Gaz makes a really good point in case he can't come back. If he can, he can reiterate it and it loses no value. Um, Gaz makes a point and it's an important point. You're there to shoot your game. It doesn't matter what anybody else does or how they're shooting. Um, you're there to shoot your game. Uh, and I think that's that's an important thing to, to bear in mind. Um, there are going to be guys at the match and girls at the match who are much better than you. There are going to be guys and girls at the match who are not, who are similar skill level to you. And there's going to be some at the match who aren't going to do as well as you do. Um, you you can't control in any sort of ethical way how their match goes. Um, what you can do is you can control how your match goes by focusing on the stuff that you can do. Um and you, the, the best thing you can do is, as I, as I said earlier, be a good squad mate. Um, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't smile if someone, you know, like fuck ups happen, um, mistakes happen. If someone, if someone walks off a bad stage, don't, don't be enjoying it, sort of thing. Um, if something's gone wrong, you know, be supportive for your squad mates. Um, don't get involved in politics, especially if someone gets DQ'd. Try not get in the middle of it because that just the amount of times I've seen a shooter get DQ'd and the immediate shooter after them get DQ'd because there's just that sort of bad juju in the air. Um, so try, try, stay away from stuff like that and just focus on what you're there for. Um, None of you are very few. I don't think anyone listening to this show is paid to shoot uh, practical pistol shooting or any sort of practical shooting. So at the end of the day, you're paying a lot of money to be there. Make sure you have a good fucking time. Uh, you know, and, and a good time doesn't necessarily mean that you win. To be honest, if, if you've won the match, you probably didn't have a great time while you were doing it because you were busy winning it. Um, but go have a good time. Make sure that you're spending two days doing your favorite thing in the world with some of the best people in the world. Enjoy that. Don't, don't walk around and go, we're short seven mics, because that doesn't help anyone. Um, and you've shot them already, so you, 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 there's nothing you can do about that. Um, as Gaz reminded us, you're there to shoot your game. So something I want to add with the shoot your game is shoot your game. If you're new to no no, if, if you're new to shooting and this is your first match, don't get pressured into doing someone else's stage plan. Don't let someone tell you. I mean, if you've got a cuck idea, that they should be telling you you have a cuck idea. Um, but don't feel pressurized into doing someone else's stage plan. Uh, if their stage plan's good, you've seen them try. Uh, do their walkthroughs and you go, I like that. I think I can execute on this. Great. But don't get suckered into um, the way that matchmaking in, uh, in, in uh, forced squatting matches works. You don't get to choose who you squad with um, is the highest rank shooters go into the highest squads. And then eventually you get down to lower squads where essentially people who are currently unranked or currently have low rank, uh, all shoot together, regardless of division. Sometimes a low ranked shooter at the moment is actually a superstar. They just happen to not have the, the, the current um, match history in that division, so they end up shooting in, in a much lower squad. 
Um, don't feel pressurized into copying their plans. Um, by the same token, don't feel pressurized to copy someone's dumb plan. Um, do your own thing. Um, you're there to learn from the other shooters. Observe if you see something good that you can execute on. Please do use it, but don't get pressurized into doing something that you don't feel comfortable with or that you know you can't execute. Um, because if you don't feel comfortable with it or you know you can't execute it, um, you're going to fuck it up. Because somewhere deep down inside, that little thing in your brain is going, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and that's the last thing you need. Yeah, it's, you know, I think related to that, it's it's a very good idea to discuss stage plans with your squad mates. Um, and sometimes you'll have someone in your squad who's, for whatever reason, may, maybe not a spectacular shooter, but you get some 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 shooters who have who have an amazing eye for a stage, um, and who see things uh, that that you may have missed. Um, once again, you are very occasionally, and I have shot with someone once who was a very experienced shooter in a squad of very new shooters at the nationals. He walked on a stage and said, "Boys, let me show you. How, let me give you a plan for the stage." Gave everyone a plan and then shot at the opposite. And then we went, oh, what happened there, so-and-so? He said, oh, no, 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 I saw something at the last minute. And the next big stage, he did the same thing. And on the third stage, when he went, boys, let me show you how to shoot the stage, we all walked away. Um, but as a general rule, if you, if you, you know, discuss it with the guys, and as, as Korn said, you know, to, to quote the, the great uh, philosopher Harold Callahan, a man's got to know his limitations. Um, if someone in your squad can go activate a target, target, target swinger, and you know that that's not within your wheelhouse, don't try it because you're going to hurt yourself more. And I've seen some super squad shooters and like some really solid shooters who are quite conservative about that sort of thing as well. Um, so it's not just a case of, oh, well, you know, so it, it, it's it's shooting the best score you can shoot. Um, which for you might mean target, 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 activator swinger, or maybe target, target, activator, target swinger. Um, what you want to do is don't be so conservative that you don't take any chances because it's also no fun, but uh, don't try things you can't do. And in a lot of the squads, like Christian's got some heat in his squad. There's, there's some experienced shooters there. Um, so it often happens that someone who's a production super squad shooter is shooting standard this match or, or whatever, and they're, they're in one of the, I'm not going to call them window liquor squads. Um, but window liquor squads. <laughs> <laughs> I've shot in many window liquor squads in my time. They're um, awesome fun. <laughs> yeah, they generally are the most fun. But yeah, so if, if that happens, uh, you know, all the better. Don't try and keep up with them, uh, but, but learn from what they do. What they do. Awesome. Mr. Evans? Yes. We've missed. No, you guys are good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> We're not so as we good script. as you. We got a script from Gavin Evans John. <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> we've got to go we've got to get it in that order from now on. Gavin, Garrett Evans. Garrett Evans no, is John. <laughs> no, it's John Gavin. It's John Evans Garen. Gavin. Or Gavin Evans John. What we Gavin. should do is What's we, my should, name again? we should Gavin. We should shorten Gavin though. It's like hey, Evans John. Yeah, my Why not? 
They just shorten it even more. It's just the guy. <laughs> like the big Lebowski was the dude. Is the guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're going to wrap this puppy up before we go any more off the rails. <laughs> um, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I hope I hope this is something that some of you find helpful. If you're shooting your first nationals or you're not shooting your first nationals, you're shooting this nationals and you do listen to the show, um, please come say how's it. Uh, if, if we're walking the stage or shooting the stage or on second standby, we might not be super talkative. It's not that we're rude. It's just that we're there to shoot a match. Um, but we'd be really keen to to sort of say hi to any listeners um, and sort of put names to faces and that and not shake hands because it's illegal, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, please, if, you, if you're around, uh, come say how's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that it? No. As always, uh, a big shout out and thank you to all of our listeners. We do appreciate all the support. And we are really impressed with how many more ratings we're getting, um, especially the five-star ones. So thank you all very much. And as always, please, a minimum of five-star ratings in future. Unless your name is Andy. Well, Andy, thanks for the T-shirt idea. (laughs) We look forward to listening to your show. Andy, we love you. It's it's been great for the show. Because <laughs> this show is fucking terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Later losers. <laughs>